Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friends, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson at Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center located in Chicago's Northwest suburbs, McHenry, Illinois. And uh, we have the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Center here, a combination of a very holistic pet store, uh, bringing in all the products that we like to use, you like to use on all of uh, the animals, things we highly recommend. Um, Our holistic center, conventional medicine, as well as a daycare and an indoor dog park and swimming are all in development here. So in our new facility at Highway 31 and 120. So um, today we're going to talk about a couple of things. I've got a really cool deal that's going to save you a ton of money. And it's only costing you $1 to do it. Um, This is a a pretty good deal. I discovered it. uh, Well, I didn't discover it. One of our technicians did. She's very thrifty. And she has uh, tons of animal care experience. So thank you, Carrie. Uh, A lot of other people will be thanking you after this today. Also, five reasons that your dog is itching that have nothing to do with allergies. Everyone goes straight to allergies. Allergies, food allergies, that has to be it. It's actually a lower number than you think of animals that... um, are itching. So there's other reasons for that. Uh, Holistic eye health. There's a disease that our little dog here, Chorky, has uh, gotten. It's called Panis. Um, The disease is something that um, is autoimmune. It happens in a lot of dogs. Any dog can get it, but it's really common in German shepherds, the German shepherd mixes, greyhounds, the Yorkie. And those are just some of the breeds that are susceptible to it. But again, it's autoimmune, so it can just happen. It's actually triggered by something extremely common that everybody on this planet is exposed to. So we'll tell you a little bit about that and kind of how we're going to go about looking at treating Chorky because she's coming to the end stages of the panis. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, we've got a few questions today from our viewers. So uh, you can still answer or ask questions right now. The number to call is 866-472-5788. And then you can also uh, get on our group, which is on Facebook, which is Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Uh, We've got uh, some membership going now there and uh, some good discussions from a lot of different things that are happening on that page. So again, Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. So we'd love to see you join our group. Um, So also today, we're going to talk about why there's a specific way you should feed your pet meat if you're going for the raw diet or going to do anything holistic with meat. This is an issue that is important, but it's not necessarily one that everybody can afford. So one that has a lot of impact, though, on a pet's environment and their general overall well-being. Same would go for you and I when we're going to have this discussion a little bit later on. Uh, The other question we have, can I compost my dog's waste? So that's coming up as well. So thanks for your question submissions. Keep them coming. Um, We can see your comments here right on our stream as well. So hopefully hoping to hear from you soon. So anyway, okay. So today, okay. So everybody is always like, my dog's itching. Immediately, I feel like people just go straight to food allergies. 
They do. That's the default. You know, if, if my dog is scratching or if my dog's licking the paws or if we have, uh, you know, yeasty, waxy ears, automatically thinking allergies. And, and by and large, probably 70% of the cases are true allergies. There are some dogs who have the condition called atopic dermatitis, which is a genetic condition. Basically, they're allergic to everything. But uh, we have to remember that roughly 30% of those dogs could have these alternatives. And so we have to do a thorough physical exam, thorough history, uh, because there's, there can be uh, reasons that the medicine isn't working. And a lot of times, if uh, your dog was taking prednisone or Apoquil or Cytopoint, for example, and it wasn't helping, it's probably one of these other things that are going on that these medications aren't going to help with. And so it may not be allergy at all. So if we get right into it, what are those? Well, let's start with vitamin D. So vitamins, uh, if they have a gut brain problem or gut uh, brain barrier, they're not getting the proper hormones to allow those vitamins to be absorbed because vitamin D, as we talked about in the last show, is sort of a, not really a vitamin, but a pro-hormone. And so that's really important if that's What's, not being... What is a pro-hormone? What does that mean? But a pro-hormone is that it's helping the endocrine or hormone system to communicate with each other. So it's a very vital uh, you know, a substance in the body that needs to be absorbed. We can store some of it uh, as humans, but animals can't. They have to get it in their diet. So if they're not getting the proper amount of vitamin D, what that does is cause the nervous system to become creepy crawly. Uh Uh-huh. So what's your dog do sometimes? Well, it eats their leg like it's uh, sweet corn, you know, (laughs) going along there. And you think, oh, my God, my dog has fleas. Well, now it can feel like fleas scurrying. Mm -hmm. But that can be one of the symptoms of vitamin D deficiency. Mm -hmm. My vitamin D level is a six right now. It should be like 80 or something. Yeah, so you could be scratching a lot too. I actually agree with that one. I know that one. And it's it's uh, it would be a real struggle if you were an animal and couldn't tell anybody. So so the second one here is yeast. And candida and malassezia yeast, they're common commensals in the GI tract and on the skin. Uh, but if they get out of hand or out of balance – definitely can cause very similar lesions. Like what makes yeast so itchy? Um, the yeast interact with the histamine releasing factor in the skin uh, and can agitate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the, the act of, of it overgrowing onto the oh. skin can be itchy as well because it keeps the skin keeps triggering the inflammatory response to try to get rid of it. Okay. And yeast is a lot harder to get rid of than bacteria. Oh. Uh, so once it gets growing there, it's like rust on your car. That's what yeast really? is really rust oh, on really? us as, you know, as so are there, beings. Are there like specific places? So I get the vitamin D, the nerve thing could happen anywhere. Right. But with yeast, is, are there more common places on the body that that would happen? Well, there's four main areas. One is the ears. So you get those yeasty, uh, stale bread smelling ears. Okay. Cheetos smelling feet. Fritos. Or Fritos. Frito feet. Not Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Cheetos is something else. That's, a, that's right, an man, even worse you know? condition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but if the, if the dogs have, you know, if they have red feet, if they have that brown kind of cuticle uh, buildup on their nails, 
And sometimes you'll see that growing out on the nail and you'll have a white nail, but it looks brown halfway mm-hmm. out. looks like they painted their nails. Actually, I just looked at Chorky's feet yeah. and hers have that. Yeah, she gets really yeasty because um, she has a problem with her, and we'll get into the uh, the nervous system a little bit here too, but uh, but she has a problem with just moving the lymphatic system around. Yeah. And that was number three is lymph nodes or lymph system. Okay. Uh, we think about, you know, your veterinarian probably talks about the lymph system the least. I talk it about probably the most. And the reason is, is that this is where all the contamination is because the vital organs don't want this, this toxic stuff on their on themselves so the liver doesn't the kidney doesn't heart uh, doesn't so it pushes it into the lymph fluid and that's where cellular waste is that's where viruses and bacteria are uh, that's where metal substances are and things like that they're circulating and are processed by the lymph nodes and once that is in a condition to be transferred back into the bloodstream uh, then it can be released by the liver or the kidney now, if that is kind of a weird substance, say it's a synthetic product that gets in there, so from leaky gut, you know, the preservatives and stuff like that, mm-hmm. can make the skin itch like crazy. And it's, the reason is, is that it's getting in the lymph system. Well, you think about it, the lymph system is between the skin, the fascia is where the lymph fluid is, and muscle. So you get that dermatomyositis where your, your muscle itches, mm-hmm. your skin itches, it's a itch that won't scratch. So... That is, um, that's a, a really common problem for dogs that are scratching. And then uh, number four, certainly the organisms like mange. Uh, we don't see a lot of mange anymore because of the, the great products we have to control fleas actually do a good job of controlling mange, especially uh, products like the, the old faithful frontline. Uh, and, uh, but, Revolution. Some of, but Revolution does a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brevecto does a wonderful job. One of the newer three-month products uh, covers a mange. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these flea and tick products uh, do cover the, the, the mites and mange as well. So uh, we have to be privy of that. So a, you know, a stubborn uh, itching dog, it, skin scrape is really important to make sure they don't have those, especially if you have patches of hair loss around the head, uh, okay. the feet, and stuff like that. Um, just a couple of follow-up questions on mange. Okay. Is there anything holistic that you can use? Because a lot of people who are watching this show maybe don't want to mess with the chemicals associated with, mm-hmm. you know, the standard veterinary flea and tick products. Well, one of the great products for, for Demodex in, in mange is diatomaceous earth. Uh, it Because these little critters uh, need oxygen to breathe, mm-hmm. the diatomaceous earth smothers out their oxygen supply, so then they can't survive. What do you do? Cover the dog in it? Mm-hmm. You okay. can do, uh, and your cats too, you can do a light dusting, it's called. Now, light dusting is you, you get diatomaceous earth and you put it into a sprinkler like a, a powder bottle. like when you get baby powder? Baby powder okay. bottle or something like that. Shaker? A shaker. Okay. Yeah, uh, I saw some of those at the Dollar Tree yesterday for cheese. Yeah. You know, like when you eat the Parmesan cheese. Exactly. That would work perfectly. That would work great. And sprinkle it along the back and the sides and massage it in just like you're bathing them. And that's going to be enough. Um, you can add a little bit to their food. That also helps. Uh, but that's one of the products that works really well. The other is a standby. It seems like apple cider vinegar. I'm always talking about that. But it's it's like WD-40. It has a thousand million <laughs> uses, you know. So, But you can use apple cider vinegar baths. Uh 
use it as a as a dip. So put it into the like you can get them into the bathtub and, and figure out about how much water you got in there. And so go half water, half vinegar, and just dip them. You can dip them in it or just use it as a rinse where you're just pouring it on them. How and, long would uh, you try these alternative things and let this go before you, you know, actually had, um, you know, thought about maybe using Revolution or Brevecto? Well, if they're, if they're breaking out and have a really bad rash and infection, you don't want to go to alternatives at first. You want to see your veterinarian and get that fixed. But if they're just starting to scratch, you know, most of the this, uh, holistic products as well as the veterinary products that we use, uh, three to five day window, they should be starting to improve. Maybe okay. not markedly better, but starting to get better, not worse. And uh, But if they're already in, in that stage three burning up kind of phase, uh, don't use alternatives. And my mentor even and said please, that. Please don't use apple cider vinegar on broken or raw skin. No, okay. it, it burns. I, so, I, yeah. I see people saying, oh, it doesn't burn as bad if you dilute it. It's like, but why would you burn them at all? Yeah, you don't know, like, it's like right. no. I mean, that's a no. Well, so. I can dilute alcohol too, and they're still going to burn. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, don't hurt that's them. Not good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I, I get tired of, of reading that in the comments sections on the internet. Right. Um, okay, and then there's one more reason we have to do. One more reason neurologic, and that wraps behavior in there too. And so if you think about, if you ask your dog to sit and it scratches, that's not an allergy. He's actually rebelling. Okay. I've heard that is that the, the trainers have told me that that's the equivalent of a dog giving you the finger. It doesn't want to do that. Okay. So it's scratching. But also the nervous system. At least they're polite about it. At least they're polite about it. They don't put their little middle finger up. And, you know, but at the, the same time, we have to consider that. I had three to four cases where we were having trouble controlling this itching and scratching. And we deduced it down with the help of SRT that it was behavioral. And we sent them uh, to the trainer and the scratching stopped, believe it or not. So you have to consider behavior on those stubborn cases. That was a dog who had no lesions at all, but just was scratching at itself all the time. Uh, the nervous system also, if they have back, like in older patients, if they have back issues uh, or nerve spine issues, it can create numbness in the feet, in the, in the extremities. And so, and even on the sides of their body. So they can be scratching at something that has nothing to do with allergy, but it, ha- it feels numb to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dogs, if, if, and if anything's not flowing right, they're going to bite at that and go, well, let's get it flowing. Just like we'd rub our arm and try to get okay. to massage it. So dogs use their teeth to do that and also scratch. So uh, neurologic conditions, especially with uh, uh, the uh, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, the like a spine condition, like intervertebral disc disease, uh, those kind of things can cause itching and scratching as well. So you've got to find a vet you can trust. Make That's sure your right. vet's open to what you're doing and what you want to do as far as, you know, like if you want to use more holistic medicine, then find a vet like that. Uh, there are resources yeah. online for yeah, don't, finding holistic Don't keep throwing vets. drugs at it. You know, it's not going to work. If it, yeah. if it didn't work uh, the first time, or the second time with an alternative med, we're done. You know, so three strikes, you're out. It's, it's, it's got to, you know, in really intense cases. But uh, cases that come to see me, you know, I've been on, I've seen six, six different veterinarians with uh, mm-hmm. uh, tons of different medications. You know, come on, it's, it's time to look into alternatives mm-hmm. uh, because it's never going to help. It's never going to work. So there's no magic 
and I want to stress this, there's, there's no magic treatment that makes this go away. So I, you know, you might find remedies out there. You might say, say I've been to the veterinarian and I looked something up online and it made a miraculous recovery. That may be true, but it, it, they were probably on the men moving in that direction uh, mm-hmm. to getting better. So you have to uh, seek out the root cause. That's why our SRT maps it out and says, okay, this is how it started. We can even go into historical things with your pet maybe years ago that it was struggling with that set it up for allergies later on. So it's a great way to map that out. You got little turkeys telling us what's all about. It's your friends coming here. Turkey's got some friends that just opened the door. So sorry. She's making all sorts of noise and getting into trouble. (laughs) I just caught her eating all the pet treats. So, all right. So, okay. So moving on, Um, you know, Turkey has this eye problem that we've been dealing with. And at first, it kind of resembles like a dry eye when you first see, okay, there's dogs everywhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for all the noise. <laughs> anyway, so um, you guys, you have got to calm down. Turkey's eye was dry. It was dry for a long time. It just kind of had that look. And then pretty soon it started to get this like green crusty stuff over it. Now it's at the point where you can see it's like kind of bloody looking, um, not bleeding, but it has all this red stuff around her eye. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now we know that's called panis. And it's an eye disease that can happen to pretty much any dog. It is an autoimmune disease. So there is a breeding component to it. Common in German Shepherds, common in, um, I believe, Yorkshire Terriers and Greyhounds also can get panis as well. So... Uh, Tell us just a little bit about PANIS, how it starts, and some of the contributing factors. Well, PANIS is a degenerative disease, and it, it's, uh, we see it a lot in the eye, but it's also considered a rheumatoid arthritic uh, condition as well. So it can form on the eye. It can form in the joints. Uh, it can also form uh, on, the, on prosthetic heart valves in humans. We don't see that in dogs. But uh, when we see it on the eye, it's an autoimmune disease. And for some reason, like say they get an ulcer, the, the little blood vessels come out there to try to heal mm-hmm. the ulcer, mm-hmm. but something stimulates those vessels to do that without the presence of an ulcer. Okay. It's, and um, it, it's, it, the, uh, those little blood vessels unfortunately create inflammation and it causes that cloudy kind of blackish look to the eye. And we'll see that uh, quite commonly in our brachiocephalic breeds as well, like a Shih Tzu or a or the, uh, the uh, Boston Terrier. Surprisingly, this starts with something that we all have to experience. And I think a lot of eye problems do begin with UV exposure. Very true because uh, UV light, the dogs are outside. They're, they're not wearing sunglasses, although. So is it the UV wrong. light plus the susceptibility to um, having this disease develop? Right. Cause you've, you've got the disease predisposition, whether it's a, it's a breed problem or, or disease problem starting, but then the UV light can be a trigger for that Okay. and cause a, the inflammation to start. And then you said also high altitudes, if you're living in, you know, like Denver or something, your dog has more of a chance of getting this. So um, there is actually this really cute thing. So I'm going to share my screen here really quick with you guys and show you these Rex specs. Let me share it. And (laughs) they're so cute. I mean, it's a set of goggles. (laughs) It goes the whole way across the eye, though. So it's a little different than like the doggles, um, which, you know, just kind of cover each eye. Um, This is more like a skiing uh, wear look to it. They do offer it in um, 
like some working dogs, hunting dogs, adventure seeking type dogs. Um, this is kind of a cool picture that they have up on their website. Uh, they have a dog parachuting and oh, it's yeah. wearing rec specs. So kind of just, uh, you know, a cool thing. Uh, if you are looking for a good way of supporting your pet, this is how it works. So rec specs are just one of the way that people are doing it. Now, some holistic people have thought that maybe, okay, so you're looking at an autoimmune disease. Not everybody is going to get that. So you and I might have the same predisposition or my sister and I might have the same predisposition to an autoimmune disease, but she doesn't have one and I do. Yeah, diet and lifestyle play a big factor. Okay. Um, especially diet. We There's there's some indications that uh, what they call it, the 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 gut joint axis or even the gut eye axis in which there can be inflammatory infiltrates that could be uh, absorbed through the GI tract. And we have to think uh, that if we're going to treat anything, even in Chinese medicine, they talk about treat the gut first okay? because the gut could be the leading cause of, of how this all got started. Um, we'll talk about fasting a little bit later, but fasting is one of those things that can help. And the reason is that, that we're, we're recruiting the best cells to fight inflammation and getting rid of the redundant inflammatory cells that are just sitting there okay. aggravating the problem. Um, dogs aren't necessarily vegan, and there may be some arguments about that because uh, it's not in their nature to, uh, to eat vegetables, but, but adding more vegetables to the diet can be very helpful. Um, even considering the Mediterranean type diet for dogs, where we're adding fruits, uh, vegetables, uh, beans, the wine, <laughs> they always wine. Red wine. Yeah. The Mediterranean diet. Yeah. That's not uh, happen. No, the, the, yeah. well, uh, it, dogs shouldn't have it, but you know, at the same time, uh, uh the, uh, you know, products like that could be very, very helpful for mm -hmm. the, for the gut, especially gut flora. Okay. So that's one of the things about diet that we, one can of the consider. other things I was researching when I was looking at this, um, you know, cause we're trying to help our own dog really considering honestly today, just taking out her eye. Um, so in the end that can be a long-term solution, but right. I have noticed, you know, she's pretty chubby. I just, um, earlier in the show, I had to say Chorky and she was back figuring out the, uh, these really cute duck frosted dog cookies. Well, she found them and she was back there trying to eat them. Mm -hmm. And, she does eat a lot of cat food. Like I'll notice her running to the cat food instead of eating her own food because she likes it better. <laughs> yeah. So do you think cleaning up her diet might be a helpful thing at this point? Yeah, it's a challenge because uh, in multi-pet households, um, controlling the diet is really hard because, you know, they'll, they may get their own food. You set the meal down, but if they're getting into the cat food, for example, a uh, cat food's a lot more rich. You're going to have a, uh, you know, for dogs and because it was designed obviously for cats, um, dogs like it so much, they're probably going to consume more calories than they normally would because it's like potato chips and me. I just keep eating them even though it says eat a cup worth of potato chips. I'm going to have. No, it's 10. What? 10 chips. Is what oh, 10? oh, see, <laughs> see, I even have that messed up. So, but I'm going to add instead of 10 chips, I'm going to eat the whole bag, you know, so it's hard for them to stop eating it. And, and overconsumption of, of calories is probably one of the number one reasons we get inflammatory diseases because the body has to store it. And the first thing it does when it's storing something is create inflammation. 
Okay. And that's what, what fat really does is fat is a buffer for inflammation. So if you see your dog gaining weight, you see your dog getting more arthritic, uh, that probably has to do with, even though you might be feeding the exact amount, mm-hmm. you're probably eating the wrong calories. What about like colloidal silver for the eye? <laughs> I think colloidal silver has a lot of uses because it's, this is almost like the apple cider vinegar. This has a lot of uses. It does. Colloidal silver. You can even make it at home. They have a machine. I think you can buy it on Amazon. It yeah. makes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's just uh, like a silver diode that, that you put water in and, and create the, the colloidal silver. And, Would it uh, help in this condition? Oh, definitely. It, the anti-inflammatory effects of, of uh the, uh, the colloidal silver is really important. And just like using any other remedy, anything that cuts inflammation is going to help. So, mm-hmm. And that has a, a thousand and one uses as well. You can put it on the eye. You can ingest it. You mm-hmm. can apply it topically. You can apply it on something that's red and irritated, unlike apple cider vinegar. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Uh, the uh, colloidal silver can be applied to open wounds and sores and stuff okay. like that. So it's, it's easy, I think, at first, maybe sometimes, if you're not seeing a specialist, to confuse um, an autoimmune eye problem with dry eye, which is superficial keratitis. So, uh, you know, getting to an ophthalmologist might be something you need to do. But also one of the ways you can tell is that third eyelid. And when that's reddened and thickened, then you're going to start seeing more problems associated with that. Right. That's a different, that's a a different game that you're playing. That's for sure. Because uh, anytime we see a redness around the eye, it's going to be, you know, chronic inflammation and those, uh, the white part of the eye called the sclera. uh, If you see those uh, blood vessels getting engorged, it's Mm -hmm. called scleritis. Uh, that means the eye is not getting enough oxygen. And then then that's where we get into panis is that okay. the eye just can't get enough oxygen. Mm-hmm. If we don't have enough oxygen, unfortunately, then you're going to get overgrowth of certain bacteria, especially Pseudomonas. Uh, is okay. there a, a real nasty bacteria that mm-hmm. can cause problems and overgrowth and, and cause a nasty infection. Oh, yeah, that sounds terrible. Um, we do have an ovary sparing spay question from Karina. Ovary sparing spay, just to catch anybody up is when you remove all of the other parts and leave the ovaries in your pet instead of just like the traditional spay. So um, the thing about it is the ovary sparing spay has a lot of really great reasons uh, behind it. Um, It was a study that was, I believe, when we interviewed them, they found it in the 70s as a potential providing a joint health protection, a lot of other things. Like if you can keep your ovaries as a human, everybody always thinks that's great. Karina has to make a decision about it. This is something you recommend. It's, I always have a good long conversation with owners because uh, when we do do ovary sparing space, we are keeping the hormones. So they're going to be cycling twice a year. They're going to, they're not going to have their, their menstrual cycle like they did before. At the same time, they're going to be attractive to other dogs during that time because they're releasing their hormones. Uh, and a lot of dogs that, that smell that feel slighted. They say, well, you got your hormones. What's going on? And uh, intact male dogs, they can attract in, intact males. And so they're not, a, you know, they're not invited to the dog park and places like that because they're a distraction. Um, so we talk about lifestyle change. And, but the cool thing about saving the ovaries 
is that it's a really useful hormone and it, it stops that androgen biosynthesis when they get to be five or six years old, where all of a sudden they start gaining weight, they start getting mm-hmm. kind of lumpy. Uh, it avoids that because the estrogen is a very important hormone. It's it's repartitioning agent, they call it. So it takes those calories and puts it into muscle instead of storing fat. Uh, It works with the adrenal gland hormones. And so there's tremendous advantages. To certain breeds, it could be a cancer fighter, especially to the golden retriever, like our crazy dog Benjo here. Uh, Crawling under the desk right now. So (laughs) I'm sorry, he's making a lot of noise, putting his tail around and everything. And... uh, in Rottweilers, um, but most of the large breeds have, have I've done the surgery on to help uh, maintain their body condition. Uh, it's great for hunters, you know, that want to still have the, the the power of the hormones. Really good for digestively as well. Estrogen does a lot for the body, and so it it can be a tremendous asset. Okay. What are the disadvantages? Well. Um, first of all, they're going through the heat cycle. Uh, and we want to be sure that we understand that for sure. Uh, the other is that, um, you know, they can still have some discharging. And so we have to be privy to that. But really, the, the, the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I hope we answered your your question, Karina. And our group is Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. That's on Facebook. We also have a Facebook page for our show as well under the same name. And you can get in touch with us there. You can also call 866-472-5788 if you have questions for a call in this morning. And um, we'll be right back. We're going to, when we come back, we're going to talk about this exceptional $1 find that's going to save you tons of money. And one of our technicians, Carrie, found it here. And then also another question, can I compost my dog's pet waste? Plus, why you want to think about fasting your dog for better health? We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson at Riverside Animal Clinic in McHenry, Illinois. Uh, we're also a holistic center, a healthy pet lifestyle uh, campus as well is the name of our facility. It's a large facility in McHenry and used to be a car dealership. So <laughs> we're making the most out of it with the daycare, um, our holistic pet store and our clinic, as well as an indoor dog park. And hopefully we're going to have swimming starting pretty soon. Cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. We got, we wanted swimming to get that. Swimming is so great for dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit earlier about this nerve pain issue and the nerves all coming out of the back. Like how many nerves are there like coming out of the back? Well, there's roughly 60 spinal nerves that are working and then micro networks that are coming off the spine. Okay. You know, you've got um, the, the cervical vertebrae and the cervical spinal nerves. You've got thoracic vertebrae, thoracic nerves, lumbar and uh, sacral all okay. the way down to the tail. So if you're, we talked about, you know, reasons your dog is itching that don't have anything to do with allergies. Um, and one of them is neurologic. So if you're looking at this neuro type of tingly feeling that's going through nerves that dogs are kind of like chewing at, you said like sweet corn, like how you chew a roll of sweet corn down. Right. Um, that's kind of the way it looks when your dog is experiencing some pain like that. They'll also itch their sides. You see that quite a lot. And I think it gets confused for a lot of other different things, but there are some treatments and you have one with you here. That's kind of a gold standard for you. Yeah, this is works and wonders uh, for dogs with back pain. It's called double P2. Uh, it's used uh, as a short-term treatment, less than three weeks uh, for what they call stagnation or B syndrome. So that covers back pain, that covers uh, numbness, that covers paralysis, paresis, which is kind of a semi-numbness of the back. Uh, extremely useful in early cases of spinal injury. Uh, it can also be used for dogs who've had chronic problems as well that, that can improve their ability to move around and, and to get better, better gait and things like that. So... Uh, Sorry, another dog toy went off. Yeah. <laughs> you never know what you're going to step on when you're sneaking right. in and out of the office. That's for sure. <laughs> so double P2 is actually a combination, uh, a herbal compound. A lot of different things I can't pronounce in here. So do you know like anything that's in it off the top of your head? Well, the, the main thing is with Chinese herbs is that it's going to have – you take prednisone, for example. Prednisone has medicine – in it that uh, definitely reduces inflammation, but it also has a lot of side effects, especially increased thirst and urination. The Chinese medicine has the first active ingredient, uh, first three active ingredients are going to be the main drugs in this product. The other ones are there to reduce the side effects associated with that uh, medicine. Okay. So it's whole medicine. So yeah, that's cool. This one's from Jing Tong. We use all their herbal compounds. Amen. They, uh, you know, like 
you've been there, you've seen how they do it. They go and specifically look at the fields in China where these herbs are grown. That's right. And they go through a pretty stringent process. You got to be careful out there. Some of these herbal compounds and stuff, if they're not going through those very stringent processes, some that they don't necessarily have to go through, um, you don't really know what you're getting. You don't know the concentration, the dosage. These are medicinal herbs prescribed only by veterinarians. So you know exactly what is in there and exactly what you're getting. And I like these because they're like, it's a little tea pill, which um, is just a little bullet. It's like, a, no, not a bullet, but a BB like gun. A, like a big BB. A BB, yeah. A pellet, I guess. They don't even know that they've eaten it. Yeah. It's, Other than, you know, sometimes the powders or even the capsules, you have to break them open and put them on something. And the Chinese herbs can be not very palatable from time to time. Okay. So um, moving on today, uh, we have another question. Can I compost my dog's waste? This doesn't seem like a very good idea at all. It, it, it's a great question. And um, I've heard absolutely no way. Don't do it. Well, you can, you can compost a bit, not in the way that you would think. So you're not going to want to put that on your garden. You, you're not going to, but you could put it on your plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that you're going to ingest, you don't want that in there. Uh, the first of all is that. Uh, it's full of pathogens. It's full of pathogens. There's especially stuff in there, you know, from, you know, like if you're feeding a raw diet, no, no, ever. Don't do it ever. No, it's they're biologically active uh, organisms where Dogs that are on dog foods that have some preservatives in them, uh, you're going to have less bacteria, but definitely don't want to get that wrapped into your compost that you're putting on the garden. Uh, definitely no, no, like you said. But if you're if you're into nature and you want to do something that's a little bit more holistic, uh, just have like a little area that you can you can put that that's going to be separate and and compost it just like you would before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, add uh, organic materials in there and let it break down naturally. I see no problem with that. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, just uh, don't put it on anything you're going to eat or anything you're really going to like be around. So if you're, you know, have a small yard and you want to put this around like some of the plants in your yard, I just don't think that would be a very good idea. Yeah. You just, you have to be, um, You'd have to be on a big acreage to really want to do that. Right. But right. Otherwise throw it out because you're polluting the earth with that dog poo so (laughs) it's not good so um we've looked at a lot of different things today about like autoimmune diseases food allergies um how to prevent things and certain diseases from developing and one of the really new ways of doing it is called fasting um intermittent fasting is something you're seeing all the time out there um for a long time people were you know, trying to say things like, oh, always eat breakfast, Um, don't skip any meals, don't do anything like that. It's bad for your diet, bad for you. But now things have kind of turned with a lot of new research, a lot of different things coming out about intermittent fasting. So it's big in the human diet industry. Um, It's probably not costing anybody anything. So I bet the diet industry might be suffering a little bit. No uh, pills needed for this one. Yeah, that's absolutely free. But there is some interesting information about how it affects your health overall. I mean, your pet's health and how you can go about using this as a strategy in making your pet not only healthier now, but in the future as well. It's a hard concept for owners because 
to them, to most pet owners, seeing their pet eat is a uh, is something that they feel satisfied that they've they've allowed their pets to have sustenance that they're a part of the, the this human is why animal 60% bond. sixty percent of animals, dogs are overweight. That's right, and we think about nature. Well, how often does a wolf eat? Well, they if if food is plentiful, they may eat every day, but when food isn't plentiful, they may go a few weeks without eating, mm-hmm. you know, and their body's able to sustain itself. When it, it's sort of like when, when you don't have to worry about anything, say everything is handed to you, but then suddenly something bad happens and suddenly everything's not handed to you. Mm-hmm. You start to freak out and you go, well, where's my cell phone? Well, we could do it without a cell phone. Oh, well, I have to eat today. No, you could fast a day or two. Um, what the body's doing is recruiting the best cells to go on to be stronger. So that's why the strongest survive. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about it is that cancer cells are the weaker cells. So we're exposed to cancer every day, but our immune system is strong enough to get rid of it. Okay. But when we do a short intermittent fast, and it doesn't have to be a week, you can go 12 to 24 hours. Just skip the evening meal if they're on twice a day. Uh, or just skip the meal for the day. It doesn't mean you can't give them a little bit dog? of broth. Yeah. Okay. Now we could go longer as humans. Uh, pets could go longer too, but it's it, it's a concept that you have to develop the philosophy. What about like a once a day feeding situation? Once a day feeding is great, especially for dogs that are over a year old. When they're puppies, you don't want to do that. But but as adult dogs, once a day feeding in the morning, best time to feed them between seven and nine in the morning. That's when their biological clock is, is most accepting to take on food and, uh, and let them fast the rest of the day. You know, plenty of fresh water, a little bit of broth or, or a light snack or something like that is fine in the afternoon. But well, it's, What does this overall do, though? Well, first of all, it recruits the best cells of the body. And it allows Why? the body to clean out all of the uh, redundant of cells. Redundant cells. It allows the body to clean out all the toxins, lets the liver catch How, up. How does it do all that? Well, just the normal natural digestive process. Just by not putting anything else in there? Yeah, you're just letting the gut rest. You're, you're letting the liver clean out all the toxins. You're letting the lymph system clean out everything. Hmm. It allows uh, the body to catch up because digestion is extremely toxic a process. It's an extremely energy-absorbing process. Hmm. And if not, if, if it's like a factory. If you just keep running the factory all the time and never letting it rest, oh. uh, the parts are going to wear out. You know, mm-hmm. you have to stop and let the factory, uh, you, you have to do the cleaning. You the have maintenance, to do the repair. maintenance, um, especially rest and let your body uh, get rid of those redundant cells without having to fight, uh, you know, more processes of food, food degeneration. Food and what, what does redundant things. cell mean, though? Like what is in there? Well, What's a redundant, redundant cell, cell is that every cell has a, a shelf life or supposed to last so long. So say a skin cell, for example, it, your skin cell lasts 21 days and it goes away. So seven to 21 days, really. Um, and it'll be replaced with a, a good new cell. But if life is good and life is plentiful, you're going to save those kind of secondary cells that may, may still be getting food mm-hmm. and still living and they should be gone. Well, those are the cells that are going to produce potential problems, inflammation, tumors, cancer, things like that. Because 
the body still it's it's like overpopulation. Okay. You know, so it's uh it, the the body has to feed those too. Well, it's the the best cells suffer. Those redundant cells need to be reprocessed and recycled, and so uh, it allows survival of the fittest. The best species part of the body survives, and mm-hmm. it can go on and be stronger later on. Were dogs? I read this the other day about human fasting, but were dogs like supposed to be supposed to have periods of you know of famine, like even if it's just during the day? Should they be hungry? Well, they should be satisfied. Um, if they're, you know, because they live with us, if they're hungry, they're going to get more destructive. So there has to be a, a, a satisfaction. So that's why raw diets are more satisfying. Mm. It's a raw diet is more uh, developed for the species. A raw diet allows them to be fasted because especially dogs on raw foods should be fasted at least once, one day a week. Uh, and it's more satisfying to them. So then they can sustain themselves between the meals. Um, if they're on a, a, a more grain-based diet, uh, it's just like eating cereal. If I eat a bowl of cereal in the morning, I'm, I'm famished by 10 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of hours. Grains do not give you sustenance where protein does. We have to remember it dogs- longer are, in your system. Right. They're, carna- they're, they're carnivores, not cornivores, okay. is what I've heard the cliche uh, said over and over again. So uh, minimizing grains in the diet- uh, giving the proper amount of calories, but not overfeeding mm-hmm. and replace that time where, you know, if, if I get bored, I might eat, right? Well, you have to interact with your dog. So if they're going to be home by themselves for 10 hours a day, you know, they're going to need to have a lot of energy uh, expelled. So they have to do things that are, that are, uh, that are fun, that are fun, mm-hmm. that uh, are based on their breed. So if they're a hunting dog, they should go out and hunt a little bit or mm-hmm. go play fetch. You know, a little Yorkie should go out and dig in the yard a little bit, go for a walk and smell uh, things. So those are important. Yeah, good. Okay. Uh, so the fasting then, is it okay? Like say you wanted to choose one time to give your dog a meal. In the other times that you can give the dog a meal, can you give them anything that would be sort of semi-satisfying? Well, uh, b- bone broth is probably the most satisfying. Because so if you it, fixed them a water dish and then you fixed them a dish of bone broth, could you leave that during the day? That would be something acceptable? Absolutely. You know, a, a small amount of steamed vegetables uh, with a little bit of bone broth on it <laughs> is, is a good snack through the day. Um, you can give them a little bit, a small amount of a dog biscuit or, or uh, some lean treats like Northwest Naturals. Uh, to give them a little sustenance because uh, even wild animals would forage for different things uh, and, and it's okay, oh, okay to give them Just a little a little bit, a little bit yeah. here and there. Okay, got it. So when you're talking about a satisfying meal, grass-fed meat, tell us about that. Grass-fed <laughs> is, is extremely important because how the animals are fed, for one thing, if we think about a grain-fed animal, <coughs> the grain energy is still in the meat. And so it's almost the same thing as a dog that's eating a grain-based diet if they're eating animals that have, uh, that, that have ate grain too. Um, we think about how the grain was raised. Was the grain raised organically? Was the animal raised organically? Because the more organic it was raised, the less residue your pet's going to absorb during that process of, of eating. So um, 
ext- a lot of dog foods and cat foods and uh, say that they're organically raised, but they still may be grass-fed towards the end. So if we take cattle, for example, um, if you raise cattle on grass versus raise cattle on grain, the cattle are going to... Uh, they're going to gain weight about 30% faster and go to market 30% faster than those who are grass fed. A lot of times they're fed on grass and then they're given grain the last couple of months to speed up that process. So they're still grass fed. You have to have 100% grass fed, 100% range free or range fed chickens. Now range fed, if you look at chickens, range fed it is a, can be a misnomer because all well, they have all to- All of them are so confusing. Right. It's- I mean, there's cage-free, there's organic, um, all the other different names they have for eggs. Uh, It's all very confusing. And, you know, cage-free, I think, just means they can still be in a confined facility. They just don't live in a cage when they're in there. Cage-free, they can be in a large warehouse, just in an open space. Mm -hmm. And then there's pasture-raised. Right. Raised, range-fed means that they have a large warehouse and they open a small door to allow them to go out and they can still call them range fed. But true range fed is those chickens are out in a fenced area uh, that have natural uh, setting Mm -hmm. that that can eat bugs and eat grass Mm -hmm. and are supplemented with a little bit of of grain-free based food. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's really important. Now, like I said, to, to find that food right now is extremely hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but over time, we may see more and more of that. Food. Yeah. And a lot of people, if you're thinking about doing the grass fed, I mean, really the only way you're probably going to find it is by making your own raw diet. But the other part of it is um, when it comes to that, uh, you know, we've been to a lot of different facilities, looked at how they made certain products and even they can't get the organic meat to make products for animals and supplements for humans. So they just said there's just not enough out there. So it can be very hard to find. But if you can improve your pet's health by making that one yourself uh, with some of the grass-fed beef that you can find just in the grocery store, and even just doing it a couple of times a week is is better than than not being able to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, you can feed about 25% of the diet of uh, of something that's uh, before you have to balance it into the diet. Mm-hmm. So less than 25%, you know, is uh, you can get a little bit of raw meat and stuff like that, which is a great okay. supplement to them. All right. Very good. Um, so we have this really cool thing that is $1 from the Dollar Tree. It is this dog nail clippers. Okay. This is going to save you a ton of money if you can learn how to trim your dog's nails. Um, The Dollar Tree nail trimmer was discovered by one of our really thrifty uh, mom of four, uh, Carrie. She is our technician and a veterinary assistant here. And um, Carrie uh, had this in her hand with me. I'm like, where did you get that nail clipper? I didn't buy that for you. And she's like, oh, I buy them myself at the Dollar Tree. One dollar. She uses Amazing. them every time. And actually, yesterday, <laughs> I went and bought a couple for the clinic because they're so great. So these nail clippers are for small to medium dogs. And they're not the guillotine type nail trimmer, you know, where it just the blade comes up from the bottom. These are these nail trimmers have a little lock right here, which I think is fantastic. So it lets you kind of like put it in your pocket and then it trims from side to side. It's perfectly sharp. Actually, it's 
very sharp when I just stuck my finger in it. And um, they work great. And honestly, for $1, these nail trimmers are going to change your life. If you can do this yourself at home and you can learn how to go slow and avoid the click of your dog's nails, the $1 nail trimmer from the Dollar Tree is the way to go. Um, It is only for small and medium dogs. They didn't have anything else. So for the large dogs here at the clinic, we have the heavy-duty brand version. Can't get those at the Dollar Tree, but anything you can get uh, that helps out your pet doesn't do any harm. In fact, it does a lot for your wallet. Then I would highly suggest these $1 dog nail trimmers. Thank you, Carrie. Carrie is so wonderful. She's a great person. Very frugal. Wonderful employee. <laughs> she, does, she does come up with some of the best ideas and some of the best things. So, yeah, she's awesome. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing, uh, adding a dollop of yogurt to your dog's diet real quick. Um, we have an owner who really likes to add that in there really quick in one minute. Just the, the least amount of sugar, the same type of yogurt that we want to use. Um, you want to use natural Greek yogurt is best. Goat yogurt, also very, very good. Uh, you don't want to add things that have a lot of sugar or fruits or things like that. Just plain yogurt. Just read that label. Read the label. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure that... Because it does have a lot of protein, surprisingly. Yeah. Plain and Greek yogurt is what uh, we sometimes use at home. And it's good to give a pill with, too, if your dog will eat yeah. it and they like it. So uh, from the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Campus here in McHenry, Illinois, I'm Kristen Carlson with Dr. Jim Carlson. We would love it if you would join our discussion on our new group page, which is Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. We also have a regular Facebook page for our podcast where we go live and share some more uh, details and ideas. Our little group is developing and doing really well. So we hope to see you there. And uh, otherwise, have a great week, everybody. Hope we helped you uh, with some suggestions to help your pet's health. Have a great day. Have a great one. Bye. Thank you for listening this week to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson, again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend.